Let's get back to the show. Behind the Web presented by World of Beer Bar and Kitchen in Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Offensive rebound, Bigelow. Isaiah from the right wing, a deep three. Swish. Isaiah Bigelow doing it all right now. Oh, picking it up and putting it down is Isaiah Bigelow with the two-hand dunk. Again, sweet pass by Jock Bailey. things for you tonight as we welcome you to a little bit of a delayed edition of Behind the Web from World of Beer. If you were tuned in on 1061 ESPN, you just heard a dramatic end of the football bowl game with Old Dominion suffering a devastating loss, losing in overtime there to Western Kentucky. So we wanted to play that out and get you to the finish of that one. And then we start our Behind the Web from World of Beer here in Short Pump, our holiday edition, our last show for 2023. So we got a lot to talk about with Spider head coach Chris Mooney. And as you just heard on the pseudo open a moment ago, a little bit of foreshadowing, Isaiah Bigelow will be our special player guest coming up here in a little bit. And we'll take you a little bit past 7 o'clock tonight. So we'll get you about the full hour of Behind the Web. So thank you for tuning in. Everybody in the house, thank you for being here this evening. Thanks for your patience as we went over the top of the hour and finished out the college football bowl game that we were airing on 1061 ESPN. Chris, good evening. Happy holidays. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks. How are you? Doing fine. Appreciate you being here again. As always, the one game this week, Spider victory over Charlotte, 64-56. Different kind of game, huh? This, uh, I know we like Spider basketball to be aesthetically pleasing. It was really hard for it to be aesthetically pleasing the way Charlotte plays, wasn't it? It was. I mean, very physical team, uh, you know, a team that really – uh, is more of what they call a pack line defensive team where they try to, uh, you know, keep you on the perimeter uh, and and physical, physical on cuts, physical on drives, uh, very well within the rules, very similar to playing when Coach Majerus was at St. Louis uh, or, or playing Virginia, which we've scrimmaged over the years since Coach Bennett's been there. Uh, and so it's, you know, it, it, it's going to make for hopefully longer possessions um, it's going to make for just everything's you have to work a little bit harder for it. Uh, and what happens a lot, the, the thing I'm probably happiest with is what happens a lot is you can get contested threes and we didn't settle for those. We only took 17. Of course, we only made three. So it was good that we didn't settle for more. Uh, but I thought that I think that was really a, a good statistic for us that we kept running our offense. One of the threes we hit was Neil Quinn at the shot clock buzzer and uh, those, you know, those happen because they are very solid defensively. Also, a very big, tall, long, physical team. So, uh, and then ironically, I thought our fast break points: uh, Isaiah steal and dunk, Jai steal, uh, Mikel's. Uh, I thought, I thought those were really the difference in the game, not just mathematically, but I thought that was the difference that we were able to, we were able to generate some really easy baskets off of our defense. They almost reminded me a little bit of Jerry Wainwright's old UNC Wilmington team. Yeah, that's that's and a the great way call. They used to play that kind of grinded out kind of basketball. Yeah, that's a great call. And again, you know, because they're really so focused on protecting the lane, um, you can, you know, there are times when you start to settle for. You don't even realize you're doing it. Sometimes you start to settle for threes that are fairly open, but contested uh and i was glad we didn't do that because that's a that's a natural thing to fall into because that feels like the freest thing at the time uh we were able to continue to run our offense and 
get better shots. Uh, you know, we missed some shots around the basket that I thought could have helped us extend the lead a little bit in the first, when we were ahead early in the game. Uh, but all in all, really proud that we that we stayed with it and, and got ourselves shots that weren't hard to make. Is that kind of what was happening when uh, we were down 11 and then that quickly changed in the 15-0 run at the end of the half? You talked about the steals by Isaiah and Jai and Mikel. Uh, what kind of transpired there to go from minus 11 to a 15-0 run and plus four at halftime? I think a lot of people would have been happy to be down four yeah. at halftime, let alone ahead for it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, I think that uh, I thought we played very good defense all night, and we really, especially in that segment, I think it was about five minutes to go, down 11, and to, to close it with a you know plus 15, um, was incredible but i thought our defense really uh, you know we, we've been really working on we've been playing good defense and our numbers are pretty good uh but but it has felt like too often we've been dictated to and that we haven't been able to create and without taking chances necessarily just to create um tension in the offense discomfort um turnovers mm -hmm. uh and and we really had a couple of great days of practice uh, and, and I thought we were able to do that, especially in that time, because, you know, we created some loose balls. Uh, we were able to capitalize. And that's the thing, you know, I, I think we're a team that can play at a at a pretty fast pace mm -hmm. and do well. And I think we're also a team that, you know, when you're playing a team as explosive as Florida or Wichita State, you, you, you want to be back and set to give your defense the best chance. Uh, and therefore, it becomes a little bit more of us playing a half-court game. I, I, I think we can thrive in a in a transition game and a full court game you know and sometimes you want to pick okay well which one is going to work out best for us and because charlotte is a pretty slower paced team who is a very half court team i thought those opportunities in transition and you know kind of semi-transition were really valuable you mentioned uh, turnovers or lack thereof of turnovers. Only five in that game against Charlotte. Uh, fewest turnovers per game in the nation for for your guys, and it's been that way for the past couple of weeks. How important, even more important, is that in a game like Charlotte where the possessions are so valuable? I mean, Spiders only take 58 shots. Charlotte only takes 55. Those numbers normally a lot higher, at least for Richmond. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's so critical to be able to get a good shot you know every time mm -hmm. and uh you know and then our i think we had 10 steals those 10 steals really turned into points quickly uh again zays isaiah's mikel's uh you know that that's so valuable and so when a game is that it, not, not necessarily just slow but when a game is that deliberate then you really want to make sure you take care of the ball uh, because you're going to have possessions that are a grind, mm -hmm. but if you can stick with it, you know, you're going to, you know, we have good players. We're going to make some shots uh, as long as you have the ball. If you don't have the ball, then then things get a lot harder. Yeah, kind of amazing in a grinded out game like that. One team has an 11-0 run and the other team has a 20-0 run right. if you count the five to start yeah. the second half. That really is. That really is. Uh, that's a lot of the game right that's there. That's a lot of the it? game. Yeah, that's a lot of the scoring right there for both teams, yeah. Hey, you mentioned uh, Jai Bailey. Uh, pretty amazing what he's been doing. Uh, ten steals now in the last two games. He had six against Florida and the four uh, against Charlotte. He's doing more than that, obviously. You guys saw this. At, I think we've talked about this. You guys saw this in the summertime and beginning of preseason camp from him, didn't you? We did. I, I think, you know, um, even from last spring, I th you know, when I was able to come back to the office and sit down and uh, meet with some of the guys, Jai's meeting was great. You know, just his um, – 
you know, desire, uh, you know, his appetite to work hard and uh, everything just seemed, and he's always been that way, but it really seemed like he was more ready. And then he's played tremendously well all through the summer and fall um, and, and in the games. You know, he's, he can do so many things. You know, it's just a unique, you know, he's so long and tall, uh, but he's quick, quick to the ball. He has a great sense for the game. His passing is is terrific. His ball handling, and his defense. You know, as you said, the ten steals late in the game. You know, they were trying to run a, a little special play to get uh, number twenty four Milicic a, a shot, and he was on it. And and we hadn't, we had prepared for that that play, but not in any timeout during the game. Hmm. Uh, so his alertness, along with that quickness and length, really a, a great combination. And then mainly his uh, aggressiveness and. Uh, attacking the game and, you know, kind of being the person he is has has really contributed to his his great start. All right, one more, and then we will speak uh, very kindly about our guest who will join us here in a few minutes. Isaiah Bigelow is our special player guest. Tonight on Behind the Web, we're live at World of Beer here in Short Pump with head coach Chris Moody. I'm Bob Black. If you have questions or comments, if you're in attendance tonight, you can bring them up during the breaks, and we'll get to them as the show moves on. Otherwise, 804-327-0888 if you want to text them to us. Behind the Web at richmond.edu if you want to email them to us. Mikel Tyne, coach as a freshman, really starting to play beyond his years at this point. Just his maturity um, has been amazing to watch. I've been intrigued listening to, to my partner, Greg Beckwith, who is a point guard, uh, talk about him and just the maturation process and how you know confident he is now looking and how quickly that has happened for him. Obviously, the Delani injury force-fed him a little bit, but, man, he seems to be so comfortable now. Yeah, he really does. I mean, uh, obviously, he's very talented. He's as fast as anyone could be, strong, uh, a very good shooter. You know, um, and, you know, that, those last five minutes of the first half, he was involved in 90% of those plays, mm-hmm. you know, when he, when he got on the floor and then bounced the ball to, uh, to Jordan for a layup. It was a really big play. Um, he found some layups and some spaces that yes. didn't seem like were yeah, there. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, somebody like him who's so talented, he needs that opportunity to play. And there are times when you don't you aren't, aren't going to get that much opportunity. And, of course, with Delaney being out, he's been able to just really take advantage of that time. And, um, you know, I, I would say that I think he's going to be great because I think he's still figuring out you know, sometimes younger guys – uh, there's so much on their plate, you know, regarding the ball screen this way on this player, but this way on a different player, this way with 10 seconds to go. And, um, you know, there's a lot to figure out, and it seems easy for a veteran guy. And uh, a veteran guy can make practice seem easy and an adjustment seem easy. And a, a freshman, it's just all so new and it's right there. And then sometimes there's a, a tendency to try to run, do the play right, you know, or run our offense right. And you lose that aggression. And so, whereas the best players are very aggressive, but they know mm-hmm. the next part of where everyone is and how the play can continue. And so, I think that he's still learning that. Uh, but, yeah, such such a talented player. He's also he's going to be an elite defender. He mm-hmm. can really keep the ball in front of him. He's really, really difficult to screen. I mean, who would want to screen him, you know? And uh, he's just... He's really going to be something, and I'm, I'm, you know, happy for him that he's 
how well he's playing and uh, just excited to see see what the future brings. Yeah, I think it was about a week, maybe 10 days ago, he and I were just casually talking, and I was like, so what's it been like? What, what, you know, this is pretty good. You're starting, and you know, what's college, the college team? And, and he said, the one thing is the scouting reports, how in-depth and how much information you know, we have to glean from those scouting reports, yeah. and that's what he was – you know, working his hardest on in transition as almost if his talent took over on the court. Right. But he really needed to focus on the, the scouting reports that you and the coaches put together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and again, you know, we're, we're trying, understanding that we're trying not to overload the guys with unnecessary information, but it's a lot, you know, you're, you're, you're looking up there and there are eight or nine guys that play and three or four can play guard and you're responsible for making sure that, you know, they don't, just go to their tendencies and that's a whole lot especially when you're also trying to figure out you know the time and score and the plays that we like to run in certain situations and you know for a veteran guard they might you know if Jacob Gilliard we said hey we really need to post grant this possession he knows four or five things off the top of his head a young player he can he knows what he does on that play yeah. you know he doesn't necessarily know the big picture of the result of it and so it's a whole lot to try to, to try to take in. All right, let's go from the youngest player on the Spider roster to the most veteran player on the Spider roster. We'll take a timeout when we come back. Isaiah Bigelow will join us. He's been off to a great start uh, for the Spiders as well. And Zay is our special player guest tonight here at World of Beer in Short Pump. We'll be back after the break. It's Behind the Web on 1061 ESPN. Timeout's over. Now, more Behind the Web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen in Short Pump on 1061 ESPN and the Spider Sports Network. Oh, that's a great steal by Bigelow. This is going to be a 6 nothing Spider lead on a tomahawk. Emphatic dunk by Isaiah Bigelow. That's one guy's got a lot of energy right now is Bigelow. And Isaiah Bigelow is going to bring that energy to World of Beer right now. He's excited to be our special player guest uh, tonight as we continue to talk Spider basketball. Let's welcome Isaiah Bigelow here at World of Beer. Uh, third leading scorer on the Spider team right now at 11.5 points a game, second in rebounding at almost five per contest. Those are the numbers, Zay. Eh? Uh, this is a difficult question, but since you're in grad school, I know you can handle it. Critique the start of your season. For Isaiah Bigelow, not the team right now, but for what you are contributing to the team. Yeah, most definitely. Um, this year I've been uh, kind of slacking on rebounding. So in my last couple of games, been trying to focus on rebounding, rebounding, rebounding. Coach Mooney been on, on me tremendously about rebounding. Um, I try to, you know, make my mark on the defensive end more than anything, use my versatility as a weapon. Um, and that's just, you know, been my main goal this season so far. Couldn't you have gotten one more rebound? I could have. So, come on, man. We needed the double-double. Apparently, got, I've had he, 10. Yeah, I think Vita needs to hear this. So, I think I, – I believe we have a dispute of the statistics. Oh. Right. I count it 10. I count it 10. <laughs> wow. The official sta- – a home game. A home game, no less. I know, right? For a rebound. <laughs> I don't know. Vita's folks are pretty sharp now, <laughs> fellas. I don't know. He could be right. He could be right. <laughs> it's funny because Beck and I were begging for it in the last minute and a half of the game. Like, oh, Come right. on, we got to get him one more. <laughs> See, in my head, I counted 10. That's why. <laughs> are you really counting your rebounds in your I head? do because me and Andy talk about it before every oh. game. So every every game, he'd be like, I need 10 rebounds. I need 10 rebounds. And, you know, I knew I had, I had nine, I believe. He yes, came up to did. me in the last time out, said, you have nine. And I thought I had another one, so. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Are you counting your points, too? 
Uh, I mean, I see it up on the floor. Oh, you see it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's a veteran guy that's right, right there. He's that's not right. afraid to be honest, <laughs> sure. be, be truthful about that. All right, there's your individual critique. Now a critique of the team through the first 11 games of the season with two more to go before before conference play starts. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I love our team. I love where we're at. Obviously, we have a newer team, so, you know, we're growing each game um, with Mikael getting more comfortable by the game. Um, I think he played tremendously last game. Um, and, in, you know, in practice, he's growing every day. He's learning more and more. Um, it's going to be a process, but, you know, I think overall we're getting better by, you know, each game, and we're going to continue to work and practice and, you know, get better every game. How have you guys handled, you know, you mentioned, hey, we have kind of a new team. Uh, Coach and I have talked about this a lot. Every year it's going to be almost a new team because of what's happened not only in college basketball but in college athletics. Over the last two years, how have you guys tried to become as close as you can, as quickly as you can, with you part of the three transfers from last year, three more transfers this year, not to mention the freshmen that have come in? Yeah, most definitely. So, I mean, I think a huge part of that is just, um, you know, people coming in the summer, um, you know, bonding early as we can, um, playing together as much as we can, um, playing pickup, you know, three, four times a week. I think that played a huge part in, you know, how well we was able to gel early on in the season. Um, so, yeah. Chris, that has always been a part of your off-season philosophy, hasn't it, to just play, play, play as much as you can and pick up, and now it's being accentuated even more. Yeah, we've always uh, – I can remember uh, – a couple of coaches and I were talking years ago and they said, you know, that that pickup at their schools was terrible, that guys would just come down and shoot. And there was, you know, disputing fouls. And and when I, I remember when I was very first here, I may or may not have snuck in to watch pickup. <laughs> uh, we weren't allowed in those days. Right. And it was you know, we had 10 guys remaining and it took 25 minutes to pick the team. There's 10 guys. <laughs> And then there were probably, I counted, you know, four 10-second violations. That's how slowly they were dribbling the ball up the court. And then 15 minutes in between games. And, you know, the whole afternoon was shot uh, with no really good action. And so, you know, uh, we have uh, two minutes in between games. Um, you know, there's a shot clock uh, that, we, that we really try to go. I think it's 16 seconds when you cross half court. And so... Um, and so just things to speed up the game. And, and I'd rather play a great hour of pickup uh, rather than two hours of, of kind of more just fooling around. And this group has been great. I will say this group is great to coach but also loves to play. I mean, there are guys in the gym, um, you know, all different ages who love to be in the gym afterwards, love to, you know, dunk, love to just just be around basketball and be in the gym. And I think that has that has that that really helps speed us up because – we got just about everybody here before, besides Ryan, maybe before, but, you know, um, Tyler Harris came the day that uh, the second summer session started. So we had guys here and they could play and we could do workouts. So that that's a help. I mean, that's a positive change over the last few years mm-hmm. um, because that that's the biggest thing is, you know, these guys could go out and hang out together or like each other's posts and all that kind of stuff. But you have to play together to really – just start to figure out your chemistry and how everybody, you know, how we want to play and identify ourselves. And that's a really important point today. When you're playing these pickup games, are you guys, like, trying to run Richmond stuff, like running the stuff that you know you're going to be running in the fall, or is it more a typical pickup game? Yeah, well, you know, we, we know our techniques. We know what we do in our offense. Um, so, you know, obviously we're playing pickup, but at the same time, we're, you know, we have it in the back of our minds what we do um, and what we're good at. 
So, you know, obviously it's the point guards, you know, game. They, they know, you know, how to get us in our offense whenever we need to or our go-tos like low posts and, you know, stuff like that to, you know, get us doing what we do. So um, I, we do just play, but, you know, at the same time we, we play in how we play. Uh, what was it like playing in the game Saturday night, as Coach and I talked about? That was a different style oh, yeah, game. Sure. That was kind of a rock fight, you know, grind it out kind of game. Not the way that, you know, Richmond basketball likes to play, and yet you found a way to be successful. Most definitely. It was a fun game. Um, it, was, huh. it was a fall, fighting hard game um, on both ends. I think uh, Charlotte only gives up about 64 points a game. Um, so we knew it was going to be a battle from the start. Um, you know, buckets didn't come easy. They have a packed line defense, so mm-hmm. it seemed like, you know, every action we ran, it was, you know, clogged up. But um, I think our defense are, you know, getting in transition, you know, in and a half on a 15-0 run, uh, you know, that helped us tremendously. Um, you know, our defensive end getting in transition, that was our best offense. How much did you guys feel that was happening after they built that 11-point lead, that the, the steal and dunk you had, Jai Bailey the same thing, Mikel Tyne down on the floor going after a ball. How much could you kind of feel the momentum changing and that 11-point lead evaporating? Oh, yeah, most definitely. We knew, you know, we knew we was fine. We just had to settle in and, you know, let our offense, you know, find itself. But, um, you know, we, 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 we knew we was going to do what we do. And, um, you know, it came back. And, um, you know, towards the end of the half, we – came back so Chris how much different of a player is Isaiah Bigelow in year two as a Richmond Spider as opposed to what you coached in year one well I would say uh, I would more say just has steadily improved which he probably has throughout his career Um, I think Zay is you know he's perfect for us in that he's versatile so he can he can really rebound Uh, he can really rebound that's something that stands out especially at richmond that stands out uh he can get rebounds in a crowd he can get rebounds that are above the rim uh but then he can also make three-point shots make decisions on the perimeter handle the ball uh so i I think that he's been you know i'm certainly more and more confident and i you know zay's really one of our favorites just incredibly mature um smart accomplished great relationship with his mother uh, just wonderful guy, and so I, I'm able to talk to him, you know, pretty plainly about, you know, evaluating his game and things he could do better. Uh, and I think that maturity, I think, always that always helps players. And uh, because you know you don't, you know, you you have to have a certain amount of confidence to be a player at this level, but you also have to have some humility. And you know, with Zay counting the rebounds, he always watches the games a number of times afterwards. He's critical of himself, which is a positive, um, you know, positive way to be. Uh, and so I, I think that's why he's steadily gotten better and better. And, um, you know, he, and, and then also his he's older uh, and and can relied up can be relied upon to, you know, in adjustments or for coaching. All those kinds of things really, really help the team. Was there a certain aspect, Zay, of your game that you particularly worked on over the summer that you really wanted to improve going into this season? Yeah, most definitely. Well, my turnaround shot. Yeah, for one, that's worked, the one I was going to bring up. <laughs> worked on that a lot. Got that from Coach Mooney. He said he used to shoot that back in the day. So, that's true. Did you me. go watch some film? Of, not tape, but film yeah. of Coach Mooney I with the fadeaway? I should have, for yeah. sure. I should have. I heard about it, though. So, so yeah, I worked on that. Um, you know, I worked on my jump shot being more consistent and shooting the same way every single time. Um, my numbers wasn't as good last year as far as behind the three-point line, so I made it a goal over the summer to, you know, shoot the exact same shot every time and, you know, just be consistent in what I do good. 
The other thing Coach mentioned is you're one of the older guys, one of the more veteran guys on that this team. How does that make you feel? How do you handle that kind of experience role on this team? Most definitely. Well, it makes me feel old for one, yeah, but, right. <laughs> uh, you know, I love it. I embrace it, you know, every day. I understand that I do have a – um, you know, a goal, a job on this team, which is to lead people. Um, you know, in practice, I try to be more vocal, especially with having a freshman guard now, um, helping him along the way. And it's been a, it's been a journey, but, you know, it's, you know, we're getting better every day. There's, uh, there's no generation gap there, is there? I mean, I know you're about to celebrate a birthday. <laughs> I, I think it's 24, if yep, I'm not yep, mistaken. Yep, yep. And kind of sounds crazy. Kel Tyne just turned 18, I think. Is that right? I, I think I, that's, that's right. <laughs> That that's, might be that's right. Pretty, that's a pretty good <laughs> Any generation gap amongst you guys or what? Oh, man, that's crazy. <laughs> you don't feel a day over 19. Right. I don't. Still okay. feel good. Still you feel, feel good. good. That's good. All right, let's continue with more with Isaiah Bigelow when we come back on the other side. It's Behind the Web. We're live at World of Beer. Isaiah Bigelow, our special player guest with Coach Moody. I'm Bob Black. Thank you all for being here tonight. Appreciate it. Very festive holiday crowd in the house. And thanks for tuning in right here on the Home of the Spiders. One. Oh, six, one ESPN. Back to the show. Behind the web presented by World of Beer Bar and Kitchen in Short Pump. Once again, here's Bob Black on the Spider Sports Network and 1061 ESPN. Offensive rebound, Bigelow. Isaiah from the right wing, a deep three. Swish. Isaiah Bigelow doing it all right now. Oh, picking it up and putting it down is Isaiah Bigelow with the two-hand dunk. Again, sweet pass by Jock Bailey. Let's talk a little bit about that. Isaiah Bigelow, our guest, just how good it's been offensively for this team and kind of why, Isaiah. Not only the field goal numbers are great, 48 49%, uh, but the turnover numbers are so low. And then it seems like everybody is contributing in the assist category, uh, whether it's Neil Quinn as the center or Isaiah Bigelow or your guards. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, yeah, most definitely. We, um, you know, we play inside out. Neil yep. is a great passer. Um, you know, in practice, dummy offense is, you know, our go-to. So we try to run our offense to a T, and, you know, it gets us good shots every time. And, you know, most of the time we take good shots, you, you know, you make them. So. What's the next step of improvement you guys are looking for in these last two non-conference games, Buffalo and Lafayette, with a Christmas break in the middle there before conference play starts against St. Bonnie? Yeah, most definitely. Well, offense, you know, hasn't been a problem for us so far. So I think mm -hmm. our biggest step would just be, you know, being more consistent on the defensive end. Um, that's been a huge goal of ours, you know, with our, you know, sometimes we might say we're a little undersized, so, you know, boxing out, finishing plays, and, you know, getting out on the break. There have been a few games, I think, that we've played some teams that are pretty big, oh, including yeah. Charlotte, for sure. How do you guys try and kind of negate that a little bit as best you can when, when the size disadvantage seems so great? Yeah, most definitely. Well, you got to use that, you know, size as advantage on the other end as well. Mm -hmm. You know, the same guy's got to guard me, you know, put him in the offense, make him move. Um, you know, I think that's our best, best advantage when we're undersized. All right. I, I mentioned, we both mentioned, one of the more experienced spiders here in your sixth year. When you started college basketball uh, six years ago at Wofford, I mean, did you ever think you'd still be playing at this level at this point in time? I mean, can I, you speak to kind of what has transpired in six years? Man, it's, it's been a journey. It's been a journey. I came in my first year. I red-shirted. Um, you know, I went through a tough time. I tore my ACL. Um, at Wofford, so I only played two years at Wofford. Um, it was tough times over there, but you know, ultimately, you know, God's plan, you know, worked out for me. I'm getting my masters right now, 
And, you know, a lot's been going in my favor this way. I'm thankful to be over here. So it's been a long journey, but, you know, really long journey. But I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what did you kind of learn from that time that you were forced to the sideline because of the injury? Yeah, most definitely. Well, that year I learned more than ever. Hmm. Um, that year I was watching the game. Um, you know, that was my first time ever really just watching basketball, um, watching and learning. Um, you know, I was always playing. So um, that year I really took, you know, a step back and, you know, learned as much as I could. And obviously that next year I had a pretty decent year. And um, then that's when I, you know, came to Richmond. What did you know about Richmond when you came to Richmond or when you were uh, being recruited and looking at other schools? Yeah, most definitely. Well, we played Richmond yep. um, at Wofford. Um, I didn't know too much about them at the time, but, you know, I looked into them a little bit more. Obviously when I went into the portal, um, when they reached out to me, they had a great year um, that year before I came. And, um, you know, it was a perfect fit. I like, you know, their style of offense. Um, I felt like it would have given me a lot of good shots. And, you know, I felt like I could, you know, help this team tremendously. Chris, was there something you remembered from when we did play Wofford about Isaiah Bigelow? Or was it more just watching tape and getting to know him personally? Well, Isaiah had a good game against he us. Did, I think yeah. he had 10 points, like 10 and 5 maybe, something like that. He, was, he thinks it was 10 and 8 or something. 10 and 8? Like was that was that a big 10 points, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he played well. Uh, his versatility, you know, which is always what, you know, my eye goes to, mm-hmm. and I think our mm-hmm. staff, uh, just guys who can be fluid and handle the ball and not be out of place anywhere on the court. And I think that's probably what stood out the most. And then, uh, you know, he was originally recruited and signed to play a offer by Mike Young, um, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. who's become a, a good friend of mine. And we've scrimmaged them here, I think, the last four years. Uh, and when I called Mike about him, you know, it was it was three minutes of positives and how much he liked him and like coaching him and having him around and that he thought he was good. And uh, and so I was really sold at that point because we I had seen physically what what he could do and how he how he was. And Mike wasn't lying. I mean, he's been a tremendous addition for our for our team. Um, what was your relationship like with Coach Young? Oh, man, he was amazing. He was amazing. I think. Um, me and his relationship grew, um, you know, the little time that he was there while I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, even when he left, you know, he checked on me every day to obviously right a little bit after he left. I tore my ACL. So um, he, you know, he constantly checked in on me and always, you know, called the coaches over there, asked about me. And um, my relationship with him is great. How okay. different was it for you coming out of high school, being recruited to go to Wofford as opposed to transferring and going through some of that process in picking Richmond. What what more did you know the second time around that you didn't know as a high school junior and senior? Yeah, well, I, I knew, you know, a lot of different things to look into in the schools. I knew it was bigger than just winning and losing games or, you know, it, it's more about play style. It's more about, um, you know, your teammates, more about the coaching, stability. It's a lot of factors that go into, um, you know, being successful at a place. And ultimately, you know, I played the pros and cons uh, out of a lot of schools and, you know, I, decided to pick uh, Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly glad that you have done that for sure. What are you uh, studying now as a grad student here? Uh, liberal arts. Liberal arts. Uh, and you'll get your grad degree this yes, year? Sir. Yes, sir. At the end. And then what? Man, I got a lot of options. Good. Yes, sir. Basketball being one of them? Yes, sir. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. Very, very good. Um, yeah. So uh, also Zay has uh, been interning at Spider Management, which is the group that manages the university's endowment. Uh, and we've gotten great feedback from him, uh, you know what I mean, uh, from them about Zay. Uh, you know, he's really 
uh, bright, you know, like a lot of the guys we've had, but he's very bright, uh, good communicator, gets along well uh, with little kids at camp, adults, real people, <laughs> uh, non-basketball people. And, uh, yeah, he's he's got a, an extremely bright future ahead. Is that uh, when your basketball days are done, some area that you're interested in because of the internship, or have you learned that maybe that's not for you? I can go one way or the other. Uh, most definitely. I mean, I have a lot of interest in that field, but um, I think I use this internship as a learning tool more than anything. Um, every day they help me out tremendously on any questions that I have, and, you know, it's been a great experience for sure. Hey, I'm going to go entirely in another direction here uh, from that subject, but I just happened to be looking underneath your Adidas jacket, and I saw the shirt with the dog on it. And if you ever see Isaiah Bigelow on campus, he normally has dog with you, most right? Definitely, you have most quite definitely. the uh, attention and attraction <laughs> to the dog world, don't you? I do, I do. I have a, um, I have a, a, a Australian um, cattle dog, and her name is Jazz. She's you know well known throughout campus. Everybody knows her. Um, she's amazing. So me and my mom, you know, we kind of schedule you know our home games, stretch a home game. She'll stay with me, stretch away games. She'll go back with my mom. But man, she's amazing. She's super smart. How long have you had her? Um, she just turned nine months, um, wow. so I've had her since she was a puppy, but ah. she's extremely smart. And you're with other basketball players, right? And yes. They're okay dog-wise? Oh, yeah, they love they it. Love they love her. them more than me almost. <laughs> this, this dog is very – this dog is you, – You've spent yeah. time with this yeah. dog? I mean, she stays when he's shooting in the gym. I mean, really, really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. Really neat. Uh, we've talked about your injury when you were at Wofford, Zay. Um, have you had conversations with Delani um, and, and how he's handling – now, his isn't going to be the whole year. We know he's coming back. But just – He's not having that opportunity to play like like you talked about earlier and how he's kind of handled his inactivity. Most definitely. Well, he has a very bright personality. So every single day in practice, you know, it doesn't seem like he's not practicing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, he's he's doing the defensive closeouts on the sideline with us. You know, every time I'm, you know, lacking, he's right in my ear talking about it. So <laughs> I hate it, but I love it, you know, at the same time. And, um, you know, we talk about, you know, when he comes back, you know, things that, you know, we can do better. You know, we talk every day. We talk every day, and he's still in the loop about everything, and I think that's um, why he won't miss, miss a beat when he comes back. You guys on that front line, um, do you have conversations about the game itself and how you're playing, um, whether that's Neil or Mike Walls or Aiden Noyes, you know, who's, it's been a little up and down for him so far, and, and how you can help guide him? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Well, I talk to um, Roach a yeah. lot. I talk to Aiden, you know, telling him, Shoot the ball, you know what I'm saying? You, you put in the work, you know, shoot the ball. Don't think about it. Um, you know, Coach Mooney gives us the utmost confidence to take the shots that we work on. So um, I think that's been great. Obviously, me and Neil and King, we stay together. So, you know, after games, we'll all chill in the, lock, in the uh, living room and just talk about the game, good, bad, things we can do better, you know, things we didn't do too well. So I think, you know, ultimately all that comes together and it shows on the court at the end of the day. All right, finishing up uh, with Isaiah Bigelow this evening here at World of Beer. And we're going to go a little beyond 7 o'clock. If you're just joining us, we got on late because of the football game. Uh, so we'll have a final segment with Coach Mooney here in, in a little bit. How do you attack Thursday night's game, Zay? This is always – I'll bet coaches worry about this game as much as any on the schedule. The bags are packed. The cars are running. You're ready to go home. Mama's cooking is coming. Christmas presents are coming. All of that. Uh, how do you make sure everybody is focused in – on Thursday night before you hit the road. Yeah, most most definitely. It's it's a bigger picture. You know, we we know we know we got a team goal. We know that you know Thursday is a big game for us. Um, you know, heading to the break. 
Um, we need as much confidence as you know we can get going into the break. So it's not Christmas break yet, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and you mentioned this is one of the longer ones. For it you. is. It is. You know, throughout my 20 years in college, it's the longest, <laughs> longest one we've had. So. <laughs> Was it designed that way, Coach, to have this long of a this long of a break for these guys? Um, um, you know, we always try. There are just so many other priorities, and you know, I have to get the games in. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to get the games in. You have to play the games. You know the really the, how we schedule and how we go about it. If I remember when in 2011 we we had a decent break coming, and Seton Hall called and said they could play on December 26th at noon. <laughs> and so I called all the seniors and said, "Hey, you know, what do you guys think?" And they they all said to do it. We met in in North Jersey on Christmas Day. Yeah. And they, and uh, and then we got snowed in New Jersey for three days. Yeah. yeah. And so but we had to take that game and that opportunity. So, it, you know, it, we're not in control of all of it. If we were, we'd always have a nice Christmas break. But this is this is the longest one I've had. And uh, and so I, I think that's a positive thing for sure. I'd say, what will you do to make sure you enjoy it, but that you stay in basketball shape over those four or five days? Man, I know I'm eat really good. I know my grandma's <laughs> cooking. My mom's cooking. Um, I just got to go sweat it off afterwards, for sure. Yeah, and, and you'll probably do that when you get back. Most definitely. Always <laughs> one of the toughest practices of the year, right. too, right? That first That's one. Right. Yeah. I'm at that age where, you know, food's starting to stick on me, so I gotta, gotta run it <laughs> And on that note, go yeah. eat some food. That's All right, it. here at World of Bears. Isaiah Bigelow, everyone, our special Spider player guest. Uh, great stuff. He'll be back before this year is over, I'm sure. And we'll be back with one more segment of Behind the Web from World of Beer here in Short Pump. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody, for being here today. Uh, Tonight, we'll be back with one more segment after the break on the home of the Spiders, 1061 ESPN. Up to date with Richmond basketball. This is Behind the Web from World of Beer Bar and Kitchen, 11,600 West Broad Street on 1061 ESPN. From Playfly, this is the Spider Sports Network. Really had a lot of fun tonight with Isaiah Bigelow, who just exited stage left to another loud ovation from our Spider fans in attendance here at World of Beer tonight. And uh, promise he'll be back again before this year is over. Make no mistake about that. Speaking of that, let me give you a couple of uh, updates and reminders. This is our last show of 2023. We'll be off the next two Mondays because it's actually Christmas and New Year's on Monday the 25th and then Monday the 1st of January. And then the following week, we will not be on on Monday because the Spiders are traveling for a Tuesday night game at Loyola of Chicago, our first visit there since they joined the league. So we bumped that show from that Monday to that Thursday after the Spiders are back home. So Thursday, January 11th, we'll have a, a show here at World of Beer, and that's going to happen the next week as well. I like all the folks that attendance who are already pulling out their phones and their calendars and they're marking it down. So I'll make sure I see all of you here on those Thursdays. If you want to come in on those Mondays, that's fine. They're still open here. They still have the 795 Burger Night on Monday, but but we won't be here on those Mondays because we'll be traveling because we got a couple of Tuesday games in the Atlantic 10 coming up in January. So Thursday, January 11th and Thursday, January 18th. We'll be behind the web shows here at World of Beer, not on those Monday nights because we'll be on the road getting set for a Tuesday night game. And this week, the Spiders play Thursday, 7 o'clock at the Robbins Center against Buffalo at 7 o'clock, and then the holiday break 
after that. Chris, you and I were talking before the show. I know you don't have a direct answer to this, but I promised a couple of Spider fans who asked, why is this game on Thursday night? I don't think it was like a negative thing. I don't think they cared. It was just a little bit curious. Normally we would go Saturday, Wednesday, and in this case, Saturday, Thursday. Yeah, we, we need to call Will Guype and have him come in. <laughs> yes. He's recruiting. But I, if I can sure. remember correctly, uh, I think they uh, I, I think they were scheduled to have – I don't know if they do because they haven't played in 10 days yeah. or will not have played in 10 days. I think they had a game scheduled for Saturday or Sunday, and they wanted to move it up. And I don't know if we knew how many games we, – we didn't – the Lafayette game was added late. So I don't know if we knew we could get a game after Christmas but before conference. And so I think maybe we wanted to – I think we wanted to do it Wednesday to give ourselves a chance to yeah. potentially play Friday. Uh, and then it came out that we settled on Thursday. I, I can't remember exactly what the reasoning was. Uh, you know, now I kind of like it because our guys are actually still finishing their finals. Mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow, I think, is the very last day, uh, barring any extensions. And so um, – so – I kind of like it because we do have this big break, and so it. it um, I think it's great that we have a big break, but I, I wouldn't necessarily want to be done right now and then have so much time before our next game. Hey, let me ask you another scheduling question, and we've talked a little bit about this, and this goes back to the question I asked you when we played Florida and how impressed I was with the competition that Florida had played and you kind of said, well, this is a conversation for another time, and maybe this is it. The Floridas of the world are able to get the type of schedule that they've gotten against Power 5, Power 6 conferences, which is making it even harder for teams at our level to get those kind of games, either home, away, neutral, whatever. Nearly impossible, to be wow. honest. Like, uh, for example, Buffalo has played one high major team. Uh, Charlotte had played one high major team. That, I mean, those are two teams with tradition, Buffalo recent mm -hmm. uh, great teams. Um, you know, in our conference, not nearly as many opportunities as there used to be. And what I've noticed is they're, they're playing each other. So Florida has played Wake Forest and Baylor, and uh, they're playing Michigan. They'll play four or five. And then if you looked at uh, Oregon State or the lo the teams that are – haven't done as well they're playing the other teams and conferences that mm -hmm. haven't done as well so uh it seems to me so once the conferences the big conferences went to 20 league games then they've played uh in the tournament in which they try to play high major teams they usually have a challenge with another conference the big east acc or uh so that's another high major game and then they, you know, they want to play as many home games as they can, and they play the lower conference teams. So we're really being squeezed out of that. Hmm. Um, you know, th this year we played three high major teams, and it could have been four had we beaten Colorado. Uh, but as of right now, we don't have any on next year's schedule. And the year we played Seton Hall, we played five high major teams. So that's how that's how different it is. And our our, our first year here, we had th we played Seton Hall, Virginia, and Wake Forest at home. We played three <laughs> home games. Yep. You know, these things will never happen again the way the current mm -hmm. format is. And so it's just become nearly impossible to get these kind of games that we all want to play. Um, maybe we could get Duke on the schedule. I've got a little in. Um, my Duke employee son, oh, there he Will is. Black, is 
here tonight who yeah. works at Duke. Maybe he could help us schedule a game at Sure, Champions. I'm sure they'd be happy to come to the Robinson. He's already told me that he's already told me they're afraid to play us at their right. house. They're, they're, they're not scheduled, right? right? Yeah. So I guess Duke is off the table, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you mentioned Charlotte, and I had a conversation with Charlotte's radio broadcaster, and we were talking about they're in a new conference and yeah. going to different places. Before they do that, they have a home-and-home with a non-conference opponent. They're playing Stetson, home-and-home. Wow. Home. Would you is it coming to that, that if you found the right, I don't know, Northern Iowa, Wichita State, somebody that might help the net ranking? And I don't know. Would you ever? Yeah. I mean, I know you said these old two-for-ones are a thing of the past. That's not yeah. going to. Yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. But, I mean, okay. you, would, you would consider anything. Uh, mm. You know, a, a lot of teams in our league also were almost everyone, I think, is playing a non-D1. Yes. And I know Richmond has no... Don't like that. No, I know. And I know Rich... I don't think I that's... I assume you don't like that. No, I don't think that's for Richmond. But uh, there are a fair amount. I, I think much more than half our conference. And so... But it more just illustrates how difficult it is to, to get games. And so... Um, you know, and certainly not on a home... Your home court. No. That, that, that's, uh, that's definitely a thing of the past. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really know what the answers are. Uh, because uh, it's gotten to the point where... It's just really, really difficult. And it's always been the first thing we've looked at to schedule, trying to get to four, uh, trying to get to four home uh, games against high major teams. And, you know, of course, that's the, those games are really hard to win. Uh, but you want to give yourselves a chance. And uh, it's just that it's so much harder now than it ever was. All right, let's finish up. Got a couple of minutes, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up a little after 7 here tonight. What are your concerns about Thursday night, both everything we've talked about? The opponent, they're not having a great year. Uh, you can just look at the stat sheet and see that. Thursday before the break, uh, coming off a, a solid win on Saturday. Guys are finishing up finals. I, I mean, I'm giving you all the reasons why I think coaches do worry yeah. about this particular game. Yeah, every, everything you said, I think, you know, uh, hopefully, and we're, we've talked to the guys. We do have a nice long break, and we don't have to be too much in a rush to mm -hmm. get to get there. Uh, Buffalo does have at least one, maybe two players that's now eligible ah. with the new rule or ignoring the old, the old rules. Rule, okay. uh, uh -huh. So who haven't played yet or are talented transfers? Uh, so that puts for a coach that puts you know now you're not sure how he fits in, mm -hmm. how they'll play, mm -hmm. and things. Uh, so yeah, there there's plenty to be worried about, and um, you know I hope we can I hope we can play well. You know this is a really fun team to be around, a really fun team to coach, uh, and so I hope we can you know finish this part of our schedule well. Uh, and we you know we've played awfully well at home. Like the crowd you know, at the end of the first half, you know our play and the crowd's you know uh, enthusiasm was was a was terrific and so hopefully we can play well and 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 do well here at home you know that was one time i think where the play of the team inspired the crowd yeah. sometimes and many times in the robin center the crowd yeah. inspires the team i think this was one time the play of the team inspired the crowd i agree yes. totally yeah and there were some hustle plays mm -hmm. in that uh that everybody really i mean we had the one play jordan threw the ball off the charlotte player after then, zay's block right? yeah after yeah. zay's block and then mikkel has the dive at half court there, there were some hustle plays there that the crowd really got behind. All right. Well, great crowd here tonight. We really appreciate you all being here. Again, as I mentioned earlier, no show the next couple of weeks because of the holiday. Our next show is Thursday, January 11th. So when we come back, back-to-back -back Thursday shows the 11th and the 18th. Chris, I know you got family here tonight, so happy holidays to the family and to you, and we will still see you at the Robin Center on Thursday night. Sounds great. Happy holidays, everybody.
Coach Chris Mooney, again, thanks to Isaiah Bigelow, our special player guest this evening. Mitchell Bradley, unbelievable job coming back to work with us here on location. Lewis in the studio, great job of juggling everything after the long football game tonight. It was worth it for us here this evening. See you at the Robin Center, Spider Basketball, 7 o'clock on Thursday night against Buffalo and live right here on 106.1 ESPN.